Okay, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another discussion of the book of Acts as we kick it off. We're on Acts chapter 13. I can't remember exactly how many chapters are total in the book, 28, something like that. So we're almost halfway through. Pretty good story, huh? So, last week, y'all had a really cool discussion about some people locked up in jail with Peter and some chains and looking back and reading that story, it's, it's really, it's really an incredible experience if you think about it, for that to take place. Um, when I went back and read that, I mean, I wasn't part of the conversation, but I listened to y'all's conversation. It was great. And then I went back and read it and I really, it kind of stood out to me and I forget who made the point in your discussion last week, but how Peter thought he was dreaming when all of that was taking place. The angel was there and, you know, the Bible used that terminology. The angel struck him on the side and woke him up. And I had this, this vivid image of like Peter laying there next to these chain to these soldiers and the angel walking up and like smacking them like, Hey, whack, get up, come on, let's go. You know, like that. It was cool. And then he's like, I thought I was dreaming. And then I realized that I was outside of the prison walking down the street. And I'm like, holy cow, I wasn't dreaming. Like that was, to just kind of like put yourself in that position was like, it was wild. It was, it's, it's a wild story. And then we come into another wild story here in the book in chapter 13. Um, when everybody kind of gets together and they're praying over some people church in Antioch were praying over Barnabas and Simon, a bunch of other people, and the Holy Spirit said, verse 2, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And Saul, as we know, Saul of Tarsus rode Damascus, he becomes Paul. Have you ever, have you ever thought to yourself, before we really get into the study here, the Holy Spirit said, set them apart for the work to which I have called them. Do you believe that the Holy Spirit has a work that he has called you to do? And that coming into a knowledge of that work takes place through the fellowship of other people, just like this experience right here. The church was together. They were praying. They were a group, just like we are here. They're working together. And the Holy Spirit moved and said, set apart these guys to the work I have called them. You ever think about that? I do believe people are called. I don't feel called to do anything. That's, that's part of my, you know, wandering, you know. It's mm -hmm. like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to be this way? Am I supposed to be to do that thing, you know? And you just, yeah. you know, but Pete, there are people that I think that are absolutely called to do what they do. And when they do it, But I think it's really interesting, and then we're going to get into verse 4 through 12, the mission to Cyprus, and that's specifically what we're going to talk about today. What I think is really interesting is that, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm no theologian, right? I'm a diesel mechanic, so we're working together on all of this, but I believe this is Paul's first journey. Does that sound about right? Like, it's his first time after his conversion, and like they said, you know, the Holy Spirit says, set apart for me these guys to the work I've called them to do, and now Paul's on his way. Right? I think I've got that interpreted right. Well, they called him Saul, so he sure. changed his name. It's not... Yeah, right. 
point being, though, he's beginning now. This is like the beginning of his ministry, according to this story. So what I think is really interesting is as we get down what happens the first time Paul goes out. Pretty wild. Pretty wild story. So let's do some reading. Let's start here at verse 4. And let's say, Mark, you want to kick us off? 4 through 8, first paragraph there. Four through eight. Here we go. Sorry, I had to get into yeah. another Bible. Page 68. No problem. All right, here we go. So, being sent out by the Holy, Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Arriving in Salamis, they pro proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. They also had John as their assistant. When they had traveled the whole island as far as Paphos, they came across a sorcerer, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man summoned Barnabas and Saul and wanted to hear the word of God. But Elmaeus, the sorcerer, that is the meaning of his name, opposed him them and tried to turn the proconsul away from the faith. That's good. Thank you. Uh, but Saul, also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, staring straight at Elymas, and said, You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery, you son of the devil and enemy of all that is right. Won't you ever stop perverting the straight paths of the Lord? Now look, the Lord's hand is against you. You are going to be blind and will not see the sun for a time. Immediately a mist and darkness fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then, when he saw what happened, the proconsul believed, because he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. So, heavy words. I find, um, you know, according to uh, the Passion, does say uh, from here on out, Saul is only referred to as Paul. In Acts, Saul means sought after, and Paul means little. The name changes script of what happened within Paul, leaving behind greatness in his own eyes and being content to be insignificant. This is the journey every believer must make. Um, what happened to um, Elymas? No, is it? Yeah, Elemis. It's kind of kind of the opposite of what happens when you when you find the truth, you see the light. He had to go in the darkness to sit to learn the truth. Kind of same kind of same thing happened to Paul, didn't it? Um, but it's kind of it's kind of. You, know, you, you live your life thinking you don't need, you think you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it, and then it takes something to go in the darkness that teaches you. You got to do, you get, you don't, you're not seeing what you thought. Is that making sense what I'm saying? And you know, I think myself personally, I, I, I was, I was blind for so long, and uh, but, yeah, it's a. Some people you got to go blind before you can see the light. 
That's my bad cliche for the day. I like verse 9. Um, specifically the first part of it there was said when Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. So um, I've been listening to a lot of different commentaries and things like that about like Old Testament stories and and things like that. And there's a really, it kind of, that, that kind of sparked some things that I listened to a while ago about in the Old Testament, specifically in the book of Judges. There are lots of references made to like the, the Holy Spirit came upon them or like the Holy Spirit moved. Like specifically, I was thinking of like Samson, the book of Judges chapter 13-ish, something like that. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and he killed a thousand people. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and the whole army was summoned to him and they conquered and stuff. The Spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah um, and they won great victories. Like there's this, there's this really interesting phenomena, trend, pattern where like this person was filled with the Holy Spirit and like Samson killed 3,000 and he pulled the temple and destroyed everything and himself at the same time. Right? So I'm like, when I remember talking to Sarah about this last night, we were kind of talking about a little bit. Here's Paul. He's on his first journey. The, the spirit is, he's filled with the spirit and a guy goes blind. Right? So my mind went from like, how do we understand that? Or maybe... Is it always bad? Are there examples of the Holy Spirit and lots of healing took place? Well, we, we learn in Acts about like Pentecost, right? The Holy Spirit was poured out. People were like healed and speaking in tongues. Everybody understood. And the gospel message like grew like crazy. So there's good things happen when the Spirit moves. But there's also, at face value, violence that happens when oh, the Spirit well, moves. Well, you think about Paul. He... Yeah. He got moved by the Holy Spirit, and he had a better understanding of the situation, and and spoke to the core of the issue, not just hitting, you know, Elmaeus, whatever his name is. Right. You know, for face value, he went to the source of, you know, basically it's Satan working through him. Right. And, um, you know, I, I when I think of the Holy Spirit, I think of a clarifying. Well, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Correct. Absolutely. Some clarification. I don't necessarily think of violence. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm done, yeah. Okay, that's a good one. Um, it seems to, at first glance, go against what we believe of God, and God is, you know, obviously allows us choice and, mm -hmm. and our choices and and allows us to make our mistakes and all of that. But I feel like when this happens, when when specifically is it happening? And if you think about it, God is interceding when the devil is getting in the way of the truth. Mm. It seems even with, if you go back, at the different wars or whatever, mm -hmm. those wars had to be had to be won because they were a path for the truth to keep yes. living, and you know, and and it went down this line. I know 
they're horrible things that have happened. And, and you know, it's horrible for this guy to be to go blind. But he seems to intercede when, you know, this was going to influence for this man that was wanting to learn about God was probably a very high official or, or something yes. like that. It yes. was going to influence a lot of people. Yes. And, you know, that's trickled down wherever it is. So it's yes. interesting where he intercedes, when he comes in and, because, you know, that's from God. It wasn't yes. Paul's power, Saul's power. It was it was God's power. And that is when it gets in the way of the truth. That's just how I'm seeing it. And maybe, you know, you guys can give me your thoughts on that. But anyways. I, I agree with that 100% because um, Desire of Ages talks about how this proconsul feller was, he's, I mean, the Bible says he's very smart, and he asked Paul and Barnabas to come to him. Like, I got some questions. I want to ask you some questions. Let's, mm-hmm. I want to hear what you have to say. So he, like, invited them. He's a thinker. He's an evidence-based follower, thinker, and um, and... He's a very influential person, yeah. So the Desire of Ages talks, Ellen White talks about that, yeah. So had he, um, like, just openly, uh, let me rephrase that. Satan knew this mm-hmm. and so was working really hard, exactly like you said, to stop the avenue for the truth being spread. Because remember, like, like Jesus is, like, Old Testament stuff, to your point, about... God's Spirit moving in the Old Testament, it's about bringing about the avenue for Messiah. It's about keeping that that, that avenue exactly for Jesus to be born. Mm-hmm. Well, now that's already taken place. Here we're post that, and now what's the mission? To spread the good news, mm-hmm. to keep avenues open for the truth about God as revealed in Jesus to keep spreading. So yeah, here's here's this very wise, influential person who's asking questions. Of course, Satan's gonna do everything he can to like we gotta stop that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, yeah, you do see, I like, I like the point you made, Lola, that, you know, you see God working at different times that it seems to be, it can, it can look really harsh and extreme Mm -hmm. if you, if you don't understand the great controversy, the bigger picture that's actually being played out and you see God intervening to keep open and hold back evil to allow things to spread. You just want, you're, we're watching the battle play right out. Right. Right. Yeah. I think God's more involved with our lives than we know. I mean, for instance, the story that Joseph spoke about, you know, with the girl coming up and asking for a ride. The Holy Spirit could have tapped her on her shoulders to go ask him. No, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely, Mark. I'm not I'm not deflecting from that at all. I'm just saying that he obviously in that particular in this particular verses that we're reading, he put a stop to that yeah. sorcerer. He he mm-hmm. said, uh uh-uh. uh not gonna happen you know and it's just you know it's you know what i'm saying for for us in you know as human human beings and you know where we are in life because we know that in this time frame the holy spirit has been moving away from Mm -hmm. this earth because it has to not because Mm -hmm. he wants to trust me and um people are rejecting him Yes, people are are rejecting him, and I'm not saying that's not possible. It's still very much possible. You know, it's just there is times when he chooses. Because, you know, we wonder a lot when we say our prayers, you know, and and something really terrible is happening to us, and someone else gets their prayers answered, and we're frustrated, and we don't know why that is, you Mm. know. And, 
you know, we, we won't know till we'll get to heaven or whatever, but there's something in there. There's works in there that are going to continue something else. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like planting of seeds or, or whatever. Or maybe right now we need to deal with this muck we're in because we got to figure this out. We got to figure out what's more important. Or do you, do you see where I'm going? I think everything hinges on, I mean, think about the relationship that Paul and Barnabas had with God mm-hmm. if you have a solid relationship with God God can move mountains if it's called for mm-hmm. this great controversy which you talked about earlier it's everywhere around us and um, it just shows you here that ultimately God is still in control yeah hmm we could go. We could go a whole discussion on that concept. Ultimately, God's in control, mm-hmm. because what is God in control of? That's the follow-up question to that, which we won't get into today, because it can go deep. Mm-hmm. It can go super deep with that, um, for sure. I want to point out to you, verse ten, Paul's initial response to this guy, which I think is really interesting. When he said, "You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery, you son of the devil, an enemy of all that is right, you son of the devil." Didn't Jesus use basically those same exact words in speaking to the Pharisees? You are of your father, the devil. Yeah? And so, it begs, you you ask the questions about what is, for for our wonderful listeners, Coco has arrived again and she's over there growling. (laughs) So crazy. But, you know, the trickery, the deceit, the lies, like the mis- the misinformation, the spin, the the twisting of the truth. That's what this Elemis guy was doing. You know? And if you think about it, if someone's trying to lie to you and influence you and persuade you or coerce you to reject truth, are they going to do it in a way that's mean and aggressive and abusive and... Are, are you likely to listen and follow them? Most likely not. Amen. No, they'll, I'm your buddy. I'm your friend. Loving, kind, gentle, right? That's how you get people to, to be kind of like twisted around. So like I picture this idea of like Elemis talking to the proconsul, like, dude, we've been friends for a long time. I'm only looking out for you. Like this isn't right. I mean, the Bible says that Satan will come disguised as an angel of light. The Bible, light, love, truth, like that's what all that's symbolizing, you know? And so it's, it's, it's pretty wild for me to think about how this Elemis guy was like from an outside observer who was not influenced and filled with the Holy Spirit like Paul and Barnabas were. They could just look and be like, what? Who? Him? No. Like they wouldn't see it, you know? But it took the Holy Spirit moving for Paul to, in my opinion, my view... For Paul to really see behind the facade and see what's really driving all of this. You know? It's pretty interesting. Um, what do you think? Is Paul pronouncing a curse on this guy? Or is he revealing reality to him? How do we understand that? I think the Holy Spirit's talking directly. Yeah. It did the same thing with Paul. So those, do you think, calling him out? So those are what Paul's words. You think those are the Holy Spirit's words speaking right through him? Mm-hmm. 
And this guy suffered what Paul did. Good point, Joe. Because Paul was definitely blind for a few days. Huh, that's a good point. That's why I said, you know, sometimes you got to go blind to see the light. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, any, any comments from the other side of the room? Angel or Sarah, any ideas? What you think about that? Mom, you want to write yours down? What was that? Take too long. Well, just think about it. You know, Paul doesn't know this guy from Adam. He yeah. doesn't know this guy at all. Yeah, he just so how is he going to call him out like that? Yeah. Yeah. He was handpicked, though. He was the Holy Spirit handpicked him and Barnabas. Um, Barnabas. Yeah. And so he, you know, that Holy Spirit knew what was going to happen there and mm -hmm. and who was going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting when you look at it that way. Let me uh, Let me read to you guys this passage from The Remedy. Um, the New Testament paraphrase. And it's really interesting how how Jennings put that this whole and where Paul's like basically you know revealing to him what's going to happen to him. Um, we'll start at verse eight. Um, but the spiritual quack, Mister Illumination, for that is what his name means. So he paraphrased it, Mister Illumination, which is really interesting if you think about it. Um, worked against them trying to confuse the proconsul and prevent him from partaking of the remedy and trusting in Jesus. Then Saul, who was also known as Paul, empowered by the Holy Spirit, looked directly at Mr. Illumination and said, You are a true son of Satan, an enemy of light and truth. Rather than illuminating others, you obstruct the truth with lies. Will you ever stop misrepresenting God? And like that's what the Pharisees were doing when Jesus said, You are of your father the devil misrepresenting the truth about God. Verse 11, he goes on, Now God's power will come over you and reveal the truth. You are no illuminator. You are, you are spiritually blind. So now you will be physically blind. And for a while, you won't even be able to see sunlight. And I really like this part. Immediately his vision became cloudy and he began groping about. Rather than leading others... He needed someone to lead him by the hand. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, right? Mm -hmm. When I read that, I was like, now that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So he essentially took his ability to continue obstructing the truth that you're talking about, that avenue. It's really interesting. Think about it. You lose your sight, you lose your confidence. All right, where's my next step? <sighs> right? Literally. Literally. We're saying that with my dad. Mm -hmm. my oh, dad yeah. Really going through that with his blindness. He's yeah. Like, completely feels like no control no nothing you know he definitely it was a good example wow that way. yeah wow you're on top of the world and then yeah phew. everything's normal and all of a sudden everything's not everything's not yeah no doubt yeah and then verse 12 wraps it up the proconsul saw what had happened he accepted the remedy was transformed by the truth about jesus and ultimately isn't that what it is isn't that ultimately what the great controversy is? Satan working to misrepresent the truth about God to get people to believe a lie. Because ultimately, if you believe a lie about God, then you don't trust him. And that's, and that, and that's the whole point about the gospel message that Jesus 
came to do was to reveal the truth about God, wasn't it? Yeah. I know you got a thought over there, Mrs. Quiet. So, for our listeners here, the wonderful voice of Tammy, my mom, she's got some laryngitis. She's trying to get better. So to hear her, she's got to whisper. And her son keeps trying to coax her to speak. Poor woman. She, she didn't hit him enough. Hey, I want to try. You going to try? Yeah. Starting back at verse 2. Okay. And he said, Solomon born us apart for a special mission. Mm. We all have a general mission. Mm-hmm. We all have a general mission, just like Jesus had. To show the Father, to show people the Father. Mm. The Father in general, through Scripture, you know, we're told He speaks in that still small voice, is where God is. But sometimes, just as parents do, sometimes He has to speak louder. Mm-hmm. He has to set a bush on fire. He has to part waters. He has to have water come out of a rock because they're so thick headed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he gives some special gifts, like Paul and Barnabas, because they had set themselves aside enough that he could really speak through them in a mighty way. Mm. And they would know it wasn't them. It was God. Those are the special people that God chooses, the ones who know that it's all him and none of me. Those are the ones he gives us that he can use for his power flows when a power flow is needed mm-hmm. because only his words will come through. Mm-hmm. And so it's not it's not God arbitrarily picking Paul and Barnabas over some other people. Mm-hmm. It's because it was their choice to live their lives in that receptive to God's. Yeah. Yeah. That then it gave God the ability to work through them, work through them. because they were willing to be used yeah. to that extent. So, so that special... That specialness that you're describing is available to everyone. To everyone. Right? And that goes back to the truth of what happened in the Garden of Eden. God didn't get changed. God's law didn't get changed, but we got changed. So what I'm hearing you say is, as we choose to trust and move ourselves and be receptive and live in harmony and continue that process, then what has always been available to us becomes more available because we're choosing to... Seek it. And that strong of power isn't always needed. Right. But when it is, then it'll come mm-hmm. when your heart is right. Well said. Yeah. Jesus said, um, I don't know where, but in the last days, greater things than these will be done. Mm-hmm. awesome so what do we take away from it I, I kind of take away a lot from you know, when you go towards the end of the chapter yeah um, Paul Barnabas Paul replied it was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first since you reject it and judge yourself unworthy of eternal life we are turning to the Gentiles for this is what the Lord has commanded I have made you a light for the Gentiles to bring salvation to the ends of the earth and then um, 
you know, then, then they're talking to, uh, maybe a little bit later, necessarily read all the way through. Right. But they, but they stirred up a whole crowd, but they shook it off. Paul and Barnabas shook off the dust off their feet against them and went to Icarnium. And the disciples were filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. They didn't allow people rejecting them, wanting to fight them. They didn't allow that to break their spirit, didn't break their mission. And I, I you know, that and the disciples were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. You know, you go back to Stephen, who was stoned, and others who, you know, they were. Uh, I'm ready for this. Right? This is why I'm here. I'm ready for this. And I'm gonna move on. Yeah, speaking of Stephen, right? If you read that story, the Bible says so. Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, stood up and spoke. And bad joke he's the only one that ended up dying in that situation but point being like <laughs> to reference earlier on but the point the point i'm getting at was yeah he could have broke he could have broke yes. he could have given up his convictions and isn't there a meaning behind the dusting of the, of the sandals dusting off their feet against there's a i thought there was it's, a jewish it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of a curse is it yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, but, I don't know. But, but whenever you walk something. into a home, you take off your shoes, you wash your feet. Whenever you walk into a home. Yes, but in that culture, there was like a. You dusted your your dust off. Was, like you don't want their filth on you as you leave. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I understand mm. that. I got. I get it. Mm. I understand. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, I get it. What are you doing with that thought? Take over. So go. I don't need to. Go ahead. Go. Just one thing I wanted to point out is that you've got to be a stalwart individual to be stoned, to be imprisoned, to be persecuted by the authorities to that extent. And, you know, it, that uh, Paul seeing Stephen stoned mm-hmm. may have been one of the straws that were, that really you know, got him to switch. And that brings us back full circle to what we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation about we don't know the impact of the seeds of even one interaction or 50 interactions with one person will bring about in the future. We don't know. That's right. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, and then the governor where they were, he even started seeing the light. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this conversation. And, um, you know, what, there's, a, there's great lessons for us in this, in this section about how as, as we're working and following you, Satan, it, it should be no surprise to us when Satan brings people along and influences to try to obstruct the avenue. And God, like the Old Testament, you're trying to keep open avenue for the Messiah. New Testament, you're keeping over the avenue for the spreading of the gospel. God, in that avenue, is still open. We, in these days, you're, you're still waiting for the truth about you, the gospel message, the good news that you are trustworthy, that you're not like the kind of person Satan makes you out to be, the good news about your character that Jesus came to reveal and show. That avenue is still open. You're still working to bring that about. There are still people who are searching, who are confused, 
but were they given opportunity to see the truth, to see the light, to understand the truth about you, they would choose. And it is my prayer, and I believe all of our prayers, that you lead us to those people. And may we be, may our walk be close enough with you on a daily, moment-by-moment -moment basis that when you need to speak, our hearts will have that attitude of say whatever you need to through me. Just, just as long as you look good, God, and seeds are planted. May we be living vessels of your spirit, of your character, to shine into the darkness that surrounds us in this world. Thank you, God, we pray in your name. Amen. Amen.